Welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil, and today it is the Gallifrey One Diary, Day 2, Saturday the 14th of February 2015. Well, despite me saying I was going to try and get some interviews with cosplayers and everything in yesterday's episode, um, unfortunately, I did nothing of the sort. I just sat in panels basically from 10 o'clock right through to basically till 4pm this afternoon. But I was glad I did because I actually listened to some absolutely fantastic panels today. So the first panel I attended today was a big finish panel. Uh, this one had Nick Briggs, obviously, Jason Hay Ellery, again obviously, uh, Chase Masterson and Claire Huckle. Now this was really more of a Q&A session than a, than a proper panel, you know, wasn't anyone sitting there interviewing them. Um, well I suppose you could say that Nick Briggs sort of fulfilled that role as well, uh, just to get things warmed up. Uh, because really this was uh, really a Q&A with the audience. So uh, as audiences tend to be a little bit cold when they go into a room and not quite willing to get up and start asking questions. Um, so Nick Briggs just sort of kicked off proceedings by chatting to the uh, to the other people on the panel. Um, it was very, very entertaining. Once people did get up and start asking questions, it was uh, really, really interesting. However, there weren't any major scoops in this one at all. Uh, you can find out when all the big finish releases are through their website. And in fact, uh, Nick Briggs used the website throughout the entire panel to remind himself of when things are being released. However, though, there's one thing it did make me quite aware of is just how little about big finish I really do know. Uh, there's so many titles that they actually do. It's not, as we know, it's not just Doctor Who. Um, there was a lot of talk about Survivors today as well. Um, and they announced when Series 2 is coming out and Series 3. Uh, again, which I think is actually on their website. Um, but there's also the Chase Masterson um, was there to talk about Vienna, which I absolutely know nothing about. Um, I understand it was a one-shot character in a Doctor Who story, and then uh, she got her own series based on that. So, um, yeah, she was she was good. Um, but for my mind, did a lot of the gushing over how great the scripts were and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it was... Um, didn't sort of go with everybody else because Nick Briggs is quite sort of, uh, how can I put it, he's got a, a good sense of humour and quite sort of self-deprecating as well. So, um, yeah, it was the, I could put it, the Hollywood angle on Big Finish, I suppose you could say. But uh, it was all very entertaining nevertheless. But next up, it was the Creature Comforts panel. Uh, this one featured Ross Mullen, Sarah Madison and Maddox van der Broek, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, he's, he's Dutch. Um, yeah, this was basically about the people who um, well, do all the monsters in Doctor Who, get inside all those costumes. Now, this one was supposed to be moderated by Stephen Warren Hill. I don't know. But he failed to turn up, so uh, Ross Mullen ended up uh, moderating his own panel, and uh, not a bad job he, he did of it as well. Um, again, this was another one where it was just a Q&A with the audience, and um, obviously, straight off the bat, people didn't quite want to get up and start asking questions, so really the three of them had to talk amongst themselves. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, Sarah Madison plays a weeping angel, um, Ross Mullen has played uh, a silence, and he was the teller in Time Heist, and... Uh, Maddox van der Broek, or you want to pronounce his name, um, yeah, he was the original Silence from um, Day of the Moon, etc., etc. 
Um, interesting panel again. Uh, it doesn't sound like a job that I would actually want to do. Um, it sounds incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, all the stories they told um, sounded like absolute horror stories. Uh, I certainly won't want to want to do that at all. Um, but eventually, uh, people did start getting up and asking questions. Um, yeah, it was a it was an okay panel. Um, it wasn't anything outstanding, I would say. Um, but it was it was still interesting to to listen to, and it wouldn't be anything that I would particularly would um, like to do as a, as a career. To be honest, um, everything they say, the things you you can't breathe, you can't see where you're going, etc., etc. Um, so yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't anything um, to write home about career-wise, but it was interesting to to hear their stories anyway. But I wish there was a little bit more I could tell you about it. But to be honest, there wasn't anything you didn't expect to hear. Um, there were no revelations or anything said on that panel. So um, while it was interesting. Um, Okay, it's probably not, there's no surprises going on. So, um, unfortunately, I haven't got much to report on that one. Uh, I'm very, very sorry. Um, but uh, the next panel, uh, now that was a bit more interesting. Because the next panel was called The Sound of Danger. Now, this one was moderated by Nick Briggs to a certain degree, because, again, it was another Q&A panel. But as well as Nick Briggs, you had Terry Malloy, Gabriel Wolf, Dan Starkey, and David Goodison. Now, this one, again, it did sort of dwell on, on the whole makeup thing, um, but they also obviously talked about the voice acting, because obviously Nick Briggs is well known for his voices. Uh, Dan Starkey, as well, he was going through different voices. He's done uh, playing Sontarans for Big Finish, um, which he said he tried to do the 1970s Sontarans, which had a different kind of voice compared to uh, Strax that he does now. Um, obviously, David Goodison... Didn't go on about the, the Davros mask and chair and, and props, everything didn't fit him. Um, but again, he, he went through how it difficult it is to try and sort of project um, a, a performance through. Basically, it was like wearing a diver's helmet. Um, you couldn't move in it, you couldn't see out of it, barely breathe in it, etc., etc. Uh, and Terry Malloy uh, basically said the same thing himself. Um, now, obviously, one thing that I loved uh, that there was uh, Gabriel Wolf, um, who you know is the voice of Sutek and the Beast as well um, from uh, the Impossible Planet. Um, now, someone from the audience got up and asked the question, and then asked the, them all to um, you know do their voices, as it were. So, Nick Briggs did a Dalek. Uh, Dan Starkey did a Strax thing. You know about the the, you know, the lactating line that he has. Um, Tori Malloy did one about finding genetic materials in his Davros voice. Um, David Goodison actually did one in a Dalek voice because he said he was actually played a Dalek as well in Destiny of the Daleks. Um, so, um, yeah, two voices of the price of one that the BBC got out of him there. But then Gabriel Wolf then said this. Kneel before the might of Sutek. <laughs> I nearly did a little wee when I heard that. He sounded exactly the same as that clip I just played you from the 1970s. Um, it sent a shiver down my spine, and it got a massive round of applause as well. Um, he hasn't lost it. He's an old man now, and he did say when he came on that he couldn't actually remember uh, a lot. So he didn't get involved too much um, in the panel, unfortunately. And the subject of the beast never actually came up. Uh, nobody actually asked him any questions on that, unfortunately. But, um, but when he did have something to say, oh, yeah, the Sutek line, that was, that was utterly fantastic. But they had some fantastic stories to tell. Um, one in particular from Terry Malloy um, when he did The Trial of Davros, um, which was back in 2005, which was a, a stage play which they put on for children in need. Um, now, he spent an entire two hours in the Davros makeup. 
Um, and he said it was absolute hell. It really was absolute hell. Um, he had to have someone sort of try and feed him water in the in the little video links they played. Um, and then when he, he said when he got out of his Davros chair, the whole thing was full of salt crystals. Where he said because of the sweat. Um, and again, it's, it doesn't sound like a very glamorous job at all. It's uh, to us at home, it's like, it must be great to play Davros and be evil and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, no, from all the stories we heard today, uh, no, it is no bloody fun whatsoever. Um, I don't envy them. I don't envy them at all. Um, but just listening to them all talking um, was utterly fantastic. And I think it's probably my my favourite panel um, of the weekend so far. Actually, um, seeing those old actors talking about. Their time under all the makeup and they do the voices and everything. Really, really fascinating. Really fascinating. So after a little break, my next panel was the miniature effects um, panel. This one was uh, this was a moderated panel um, with Warren Fry from uh, Radio Free Scarrow, and uh, this one was with Mike Tucker, who has the honour of uh, doing miniature effects on the, the classic series and New Who as well. Um, up to sort of right now, actually, he's, he's still doing it. And um, it was a very, very good panel. Uh, Mike Tucker did most of the talking, actually, and he did um, a couple of nice little presentations with some behind-the-scenes footage uh, from Cold War and uh, Time of the Doctor. And really, the whole thing re- was really about, you know, miniature model work is here to stay. Um, he went on about that a lot of directors and producers try to go towards the CGI things. And when they bring them on board for stuff, um, they say, we want it to look just like this CGI effect here. And he said, well, no, that's actually model work. They actually sort of showed him clips of films or other TV shows, and they said, we want the CGI. No, that's actually model work you're looking at. Um, So it goes to show that model work is here to stay. And he did did go on to say that he's not uh, um, against CGI whatsoever, Um, but... He said it's a it's a useful tool, um, used in the right way, and yeah, it, it should be used to enhance things. It shouldn't, you know, be there to detract from everything. And some of the questions that came from the audience, or some of the statements, as well, I should say, um, they also said that the CGI um, has a little bit of a, an unreal sort of look to it. Um, it looks spectacular and everything, but. Um, it will not replace model work, um, which I was really glad about. Um, that it's not just me who says this. There was a whole room of people. I mean, Mike Tucker um, was talking about miniature effects, and how he, you know, that um, directors and producers can't sometimes distinguish between CGI and miniature effects. Um, it got a massive round of applause um, because you know um, he's saying that um, it's sort of coming back again. Directors were moving towards CGI and then it came back towards miniature um, effects work. And he had a showreel that started off the whole panel. Um, and there was some fantastic model work in there. There really was some fantastic stuff. Um, and the one thing that um, quite excited me as well during this panel, he said he's due to um, hopefully start working at the end of this year um, with Jamie Anderson. Uh, now, don't know who Jamie Anderson is. He's the son of Jerry Anderson, who brought us Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet and Stingray, etc., etc. Um, now, this is going, hopefully going to be working on something called Firestorm, which I think Jerry Anderson was hopefully trying to get off the ground, uh, sadly, before he died. So it looks like Jamie is trying to sort of uh, resurrect this one. So exciting stuff. I really do hope that does that does pay off. However... The final panel I watched today, um, well, how can I put it? It's the man 
it's the legend, it's Mr. Showbiz, it was John Barrowman. This is Pressure Pad. On this floor, two teams will go head-to-head -head across a series of general knowledge games in an attempt to outwit each other and leave thousands of pounds richer. Now, sorry, unfortunately, he didn't talk about Pressure Pad, for those of you in the UK. I know it's got his fans, but uh, unfortunately, the subject just didn't come up. No, this was the John Barrowman show this afternoon, folks. Um, I thought this was going to be moderated by Gary Russell. Uh, but no, John Barrowman just got introduced by Gary Russell. And then he just came on and just took over the entire convention. Um, we just got John Barrowman dialed up to 11 to quote Spinal Tap. Um, yeah, it was a really, really fun way to, to end the day. He was actually fantastic. Um Straight away, it was just a and a straight off the bat. And soon as actually, as soon as he said, come on, let's ask some questions, um, the queue to um, get through everything was, uh, it was enormous. It was enormous. And they couldn't actually get through everything because he just goes off on tangents all over the shop. Um, and yeah, he was just hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. Um, however, I one, will say one thing about him, though, is that... Um, a little bit of John Barrowman goes a long way. I think if it had gone any longer, I think I would have got up and walked out because it was just too much. Um, he had a little bit of an in introspective thing because one of the questions asked of him was, um, who would he like to take on a picnic, alive or dead? Um, and he mentioned um, his grandmother. At that point, he did get a little bit tearful. Now, whether this was just for the, for the audience or not, I honestly don't know. But he is utterly fantastic with the fans. If you've never seen John Barrowman um, at a convention, he is... Brilliant. This is my first time seeing him live, um, doing anything. And uh, yeah, he was good. He was good. But it does get on your nerves after a while. I've got to, it got online after a while. I think the, the audience would have carried on for more. Uh, it was on for an hour. Um, but by that time, I was actually knackered, absolutely knackered uh, throughout uh, listening to his, uh, his panel. However, there was one other thing that sort of niggled me all the way through it. He has got quite a a rabid fan base. Um, but there was a woman sitting behind, sort of diagonally behind me, and um, all the way through, she basically just kept doing this. <laughs> at every single thing he said. All I got was this woman cackling behind me all the time. Yes, Phil was getting... That. Do you mind? Do you mind? Please, stop. Don't overdo your part, love. Yes, all the way through, she just kept doing that. And I was getting so annoyed with it because not everything he said, will you shut up? Not everything that he did or said was funny, um, even though the audience were lapping up, shut up. So, I, you know, I, oh, God's sake, where's my gun? Ah, oh, that's better. Peace and quiet at last. So, yeah, that was my day today at uh, Gallifrey One. So there you are, folks. Uh, that was day two over and done with. Um, so I'll be back hopefully again tomorrow with day three. Uh, I've got to be honest, there's not that many panels going on tomorrow, but um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Maybe I might even interview someone. Uh, I sincerely doubt it, though. Oh, well, never mind. Uh, you just get this, listen to me yakking on yet again for a third day in a row. So until then, it's goodbye from me, Phil, and I'll see you next time.
were listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Thank you.